He'll make it all right. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. God is able. God is able. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. He'll supply. He'll supply. Whatever is broken. Whatever is broken. He can fix it. He can fix it. No need to worry. No need to worry. He's alive. Hello and good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast of A Few Minutes with Pastor Mac. We hope God is blessing you thus far on this Sunday morning. And we hope God's power, favor, and strength be upon you for this new week that is upon us. If you can't make service, don't forget, uh, we have a Givelify app that you can give your donations and first fruits and uh, grace giving uh, through our app. And um, if you can't make it to service, so don't forget about that. We always want to make sure we give opportunity to uh, sow seeds into God's ministry. And if you can't make it again, our website as well. Uh, give the website and on our app, uh, Givelify. Shall we pray, O oh, gracious Father in heaven, we thank you again for allowing us another opportunity that we don't take for granted uh, to see a new day, a new week. Lord, we thank you for last week. What you did for us, Lord. Some you provided for, some you made ways for and opened doors for. And whatever you did, Lord, we say thank you once again, Lord. And we lift you up on high. And we glorify your name. We magnify you, Lord. And those under the sound of our voice, we ask that you bless them whatever they need. And they need to receive uh, more tests and trials to purify them for your glory and good, Lord. Do that. Lord, you need to bless them in ways that only you know. We ask you to do that as well. Oh, God, we love you right now. We thank you. We praise your name. And as you bless this weak, feeble servant that I am, say a word to be a blessing for someone under the sound of my voice. I let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in that sight. Oh, my Savior, my Redeemer, in Jesus the Christ's name we pray. Amen. Glad to be with you again on another Sunday morning. Uh, for a few minutes with Pastor Mac, uh, first Sunday in May of 2022, in the book of First Corinthians, chapter 15. Uh, do ask you if you get a chance to read the entirety of that chapter. Paul deals with a lot of topics and discussions, ideas in there. We ask you to do that and read that. But First Corinthians 15, starting with verse 12. Today, um, uh, the theme this month on the way, still in the series for the year, what should we do in 22? And um, we should all be still praying and reading and hopefully getting back to church uh, as much as we can. First Corinthians 15, I'm reading the CSB translation. You do ask what translation you have, you follow along. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain. So is your faith. Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. 
if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Verse 17, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. The grass withers, the flower fades away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I just want to tag this sermonic notes today. This changes everything. This changes everything. Some things come along in life and changes everything you do. One such thing that I can bring back from memory that changed everything was the caller ID. Before, you had to either wait on the answer machine if you had one to pick up a call or hear who it was on the call if or if you were screening. And if you were screening, you took a chance and picked the receiver up and you said hello without knowing who was on the other end. Now, this caller ID changed everything about answering a phone, about whom you wanted to talk to or not. The resurrection changed everything about and for our lives today. Matter of fact, we, the church, should be living lives reflective of a change brought on by the resurrection. Why do some reflect dead lives even though he lives? Is because some are still doing some dead things. We serve a risen Savior. He said it is finished, not I am finished. And a lot of saints and, and Christians are living like he is finished. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not choose you anyway and do whatever you want, and you shall inherit the kingdom of God. The church has to be the reflection of what God can do for anybody, that he can take some nobodies, us, and make somebodies in him. Preach Pastor Mac, I'm doing the best I can. We got to speak truth and we got to let Jesus influence everything in our life. The first Corinthian, the first uh Church, the first letter of Corinthians, actually, this is the second letter. This is the first published one in the word of God that Paul wrote, addresses reports that Paul received from Chloe's household, as well as a letter he received from the church itself. In this letter to the church at Corinth, Paul covered a number of different issues related to both life and doctrine. Divisions and quarrels, sexual immorality, lawsuits among believers, marriage and singleness, freedom in Christ, order in worship, the significance of the Lord's Supper, and the right use of spiritual gifts. He also included a profound teaching on the resurrection. The line of thought that joins these topics together was Paul's emphasis on Christian conduct in the local church, the apostle expected that Christian people should live according to Christian ideals, or as he told them, you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Corinth was a large international metropolis filled with people from different backgrounds. Idol worship to God, such as Aphrodite, was particularly prominent in the city. 
though Corinth contained numerous temptations far beyond her temples. In this sense, Corinth was very much like a modern urban area containing unending opportunities to engage in sinful behavior without any apparent consequences. Such a community clearly had a negative influence on the Corinthian church. But notice that Paul's instruction to the believers was not to retreat from the city. This was not Paul's vision for the church then or now. Instead, he directed us to live out our commitment to Christ ever more faithfully in the midst of non-believers. Paul expected that we Christians would shine our light into the dark places of the world by worshiping in a unified community that was accountable to one another. He expected that we would settle our problems internally, that we would encourage one another in the pursuit of purity, and that we would strive together by holding tightly to the hope of our bodily resurrection to come. What can you do within your local church to make this kind of community more of a reality? Paul wants the Corinthian Christians to know that belief in the resurrection, both Christ's resurrection and the general resurrection of believers in the last day is foundational to the Christian faith. Well, my brothers and sisters, that foundation that we are to believe and stand on is the resurrection. And the very premise of our faith is based upon the reality of Jesus rising from the gray. Well, let's look at some things. I drop these in your spirit and we'll be, we'll be done with the podcast. We must believe in him. The Bible says 12, look at verse 12 said, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? The church at Corinth believed that you could not, there was not going to be a bodily resurrection. He written to the church at Thessalonians as he's going to, because they didn't believe that the dead could be resurrected or would be able to go to the kingdom. But here in Corinth, they believed that there could not be a bodily resurrection. And the whole resurrection is based on the fact that Jesus resurrected and got up. And I told you last week that he went and visited amongst the disciples and ate some food with his body. (laughs) So much of our belief system been intertwined and mixed with secular thoughts and ideas, isn't it? Not only back then for Paul is even now. We accepted so much junk from the world that we started believing. We have mixed up some stuff thinking that we are correct. I heard a young man say on TV that he's had to rebuild the God he believes in. Now, what kind of mess hoo-ha is that? He's reconstructing God so that he can be satisfied with what he's wanting to do. And that God accepts that we can't allow, the church cannot allow that the word of God be changed and amended and rearranged to fit a sinful world. God said it and we need to believe it. God said it and that is final. Got to change some of this stuff. We shouldn't be so easily shaken and stirred. We should not be so easily 
move just so we can allow folk to hang with us. Uh, their money is green. So we got to do some things to kind of amend our belief factor, our belief system and allow them to participate because we don't want to offend anybody. You can't reconstruct God. You can't change who God is. Only thing that changes is us. And the resurrection precludes anything that we may come up with because Jesus rose from the dead. Paul, Paul was telling the church that there will be a bodily resurrection. And while you are here, you must adhere to the, the guidelines that Jesus has laid out. It's funny that we want to change the gospel. We want to change God. We ought to realize the gospel is not the gospel if the resurrection is removed. The resurrection of Christ is key to our continued existence as a church. If you keep on doing what you want to do, you're just basically saying that the resurrection was a hoax. That the resurrection did not take place. And if we don't live the resurrection, then the church ceases to be the church. We hear it all the time. The church is in us. Yes, we are the church. The building can be anything. We can make a nice restaurant, a nice Italian restaurant out of the building, but that's not where we manifest. The church ceases us. We cease to be the collective body of believers. If we allow the secular notion that the resurrection didn't take place and our lives don't match up to it, the resurrection changed everything. We must be witnesses to the fight. Then live in confidence. Number two, verse 14, 15, if Christ has not been raised and our proclamation is in vain, so is your faith. But because it is true, because he did get up, we can live in confidence knowing that it changes everything and the proclamation is not in vain. So the proclamation is not in vain, then that means our faith is not in vain. This was Paul was preaching that Christ was raised. Faith is useless if there is no resurrection. You can't have a living faith in a dead Savior. Matter of fact, since he lived, there should be evidence of a transformed life of those who believe the resurrection. Speaking to a young man last week at my job, and I Thank God for putting me in ministry moments. He, conversion had a had a he was believed to be Christian conversion last week. Young man, about seventeen years of age. I told him that it doesn't change the fact that things will still be around you, uh, but your life should be transformed. Things that you used to do, friends, they still be there, but. Your life should reflect a transformation in your life. And the disciples, they can attest because before the resurrection, they had deserted Jesus. Before the resurrection, they were confused about what was going on with Jesus. Even after being with him before he departed this world, they they were walking and talking with him, had lunch with him and dinner with him and watched him perform miracles after miracle. They were still confused as to the meaning of the death of Christ. 
They were downcast and depressed. Yet, when Jesus appeared to them, something happened. <laughs> That's the way it is with us when Jesus came into our life. They were never the same. We should never be the same. It changed their attitudes. Because Jesus was alive and they were willing to live and die for the gospel. Can I put this in somebody's spirit? I'm not going to hold you long, but some of us are not serious about this business. Some of us are playing around with our lives, calling ourselves Christians and we all this and we do that. And we're not serious about God's business because only what you do for Christ. Will last. You can visit every country in the world. You you can go and get diamonds and pearls, but only what you do for Christ will last. You can drive a fancy car. You can live in the biggest house, but only what you do for Christ will last. Then, 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 then. Lastly, thirdly, hope to live in this world. <laughs> That's what the resurrection gives us. That's why you should not be despondent and de dis depressed. You, 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 there is hope to live in this world. Verse 16 says, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. But we know that to be true. He is alive. And 17, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sin. Yes, brothers and sisters, that should be evidence of the transformed lives of those whom believe the resurrection. Paul, Paul, reminding the church at Corinth that you will have a new body, <laughs> that it is a bodily resurrection. That some of you, yes, you're still dead in your sins. But, but Paul also explained. That, that the resurrection, resurrected body is different from the body as we know it now. For Paul says it is sown in corruption. <laughs> it is raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, but is raised in a spiritual body. And he said there is a natural body, and there is also a spiritual body. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. Our faith is not useless, but it is useful. Paul told the church at Galatia, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. And no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Do you live by faith? Can you say absolutely that you trust the Lord? What about when trials come? What about when there is no money? What about when you're about to lose your home? 
I hope you realize that your faith will be tried and tested. The cross proves his love. The resurrection proves his power. Yes, and I'm so glad today that I can attest and stand and say that I believe he got up from the grave. Resurrection changed everything about our lives. The Buddhists and the Muslims have no hope because nothing has changed for them. Buddha is still dead. Muhammad is still dead. They are in the grave where they were placed when they would died. But I know a man who walked the streets of Jerusalem, healing the sick and raising the dead. I know a man who fed 5,000 on a hillside, walked on water like a rock acrobat, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And yet you can't get to my daddy, but by me, I know a man that changed water into wine and cried, cried, cried at the gravesite of Lazarus before he said, Lazarus, come forth. I know a man who told Nicodemus, you must be born again. I know a man that saw me sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, badly stained deep within, sinking to rise no more. But this man heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, and now safe am I. This man, they marched up Calvary's hill, nailed him to the old rugged cross, uh, riveted his feet, uh, pierced him in his side, uh, and water and blood streaming out. Uh, yes, he died. He died. He died. And they took him off that cross. Laid him in a borrowed tomb, and he stayed there all night, Friday night, stayed there all day, Saturday, and Saturday night. But the reason why things have changed forever, the reason why everything's changed is that early, early, Early Sunday morning, he rose from the grave. Won't he do it? He got up. Yes, he did. What has he done for you lately? You ought to give him some glory. You ought to give him some praise. You ought to clap your hands. You ought to shout, yes, Lord. I thank you for blessing me. Keep on keeping on. This changes everything. We got power. If you don't know Jesus, you're part of your sins. You would like to get to know him better. 
get saved, allow him to come into your life, simply say this prayer, Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you died and rose again on the third day. I trust you to control my life and to enhance my future. If you said that prayer, uh, it's as simple as ABC, accept, believe, and commit. If you did that, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us through our email, getpraiseon at houseofpraisepp.org, or you may go simply to our website, www.houseofpraisepp.org, contact us and someone from our discipleship team. I will get back with you with other information you need in order to begin this new life in Christ. We love you to life. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope something was said will be a blessing for you and be a blessing for you this week. Uh, we know that we are still in the hands of God and we will trust him to keep and deliver us. Bless you. God bless you. County line. We love you to life and you can't do anything about it. Look forward to next week. The Lord says the same. We hope that you are praying and reading your word and staying true and standing on the promises of the Lord. God bless you and we'll see you next week. Pastor Mac out. I need to hear you say. Uh, I made it